Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, if you are here for the first time, this is what we do. We read scripture. That's it. We read scripture and then we spend time reflecting on it. And we've journeyed now through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first Samuel. And now we are reading second Samuel. Um, and it's been a fruitful time for us. I've been so encouraged by you all. I cannot emphasize that enough. I've been so encouraged by you all, so encouraged by your words, so encouraged by uh, the stories that I'm hearing about how this has been the most transformative time in their lives, just spending time in the reading of the word and coming and coming, just disciplining themselves in the reading of the word has been a profoundly transformative time. And, and that, that alone, I'm, I'm, I'm just encouraged by that. I can't even emphasize that enough. And I know I briefly shared with you guys yesterday, uh, about where, um, uh, just, just where we are and where my wife and I are, you know, as we're journeying in this, in this new stage in our life, particularly speaking, as we're transitioning into uh full-time ministry, if anybody knows my, my side job ministry became my primary job. And then my side job, uh, was, uh, to be a professor. Um, and that's kind of how I pay the bills. Right. And then, and then, uh, you know, that I have a, a ministry that we started here that the Lord has been blessing and, and doing some amazing things, but we're in the early phases of the ministry because we believe that God is initiating and instigating a movement, um, a revival. And I believe that God is about to send the church out into all the cracks and crevices and corners of society and culture and every part of the city. And we're just grateful that we get to be a part of that and we get to leverage things like social media and technology to do it. And so um, it's just been just been an incredibly fruitful time for us and an, an, an exciting time for us. Um, but I will also say that it's also been a challenging time for us because the more that we've been engaging in ministry, the more time it's pulling from other things. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been praying about is, is for the Lord to give opportunities for me to be able to spend more time and to focus on equipping the saints, to focus on equipping people to make disciples, to, 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 to truly move into um, an honest expression, a powerful expression of Jesus Christ on earth to see the God's kingdom uh, flourish and manifest on earth. And so, um, and so I made a short call yesterday to tell you guys, Hey guys, we're transitioning now and we're asking for your help. We're asking for your support. Um, if this, if this has been a blessing to you in any way, if what we've done has been a blessing to you in any way, we want your support. We we're praying for your support. Vanessa and I have been praying, um, that the Lord will provide for us as we continue uh, in this in this work that we're doing. And so we started a Patreon and the Patreon essentially gives you, uh, 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 first of all, early access to all the content. If you know, like, like all the Read and Rant podcast episodes tend to be about a month behind, but uh, the the Patreon, we're providing early access to people that we consider family who are uh, supporting us and helping us in this in this work and we set some goals and said you know what lord we're going to pray for for these goals and it would allow us to be focused and so we made the call and you guys have started to respond so i just want to thank you i'll shout you out shout you guys out once i i get the list but um i just want to thank you all who have responded by becoming a patron my goodness you don't you, you have no idea how encouraged I am by that and how much of a blessing it is to us 
to see people who say, hey, you know what? I'm going to commit the $10 a month just to support the ministry, to be sure that you continue on and that you remain focused in this season on on doing this, this particular thing. And it's really, that's the whole purpose of it, is to allow me the opportunity to focus and to to do the work of the Lord. And you guys have, have already responded. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, if you want to know how to become a patron and you're saying, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of of um, what Opus Frere is doing, what the Opus Frere ministry is doing. Uh, I want to be a part of that. The link is in the bio. So you can go in the bio on on um, on IG and on TikTok and you'll find it in the bio. Um, the link is in the bio and you can click on that link and you can become a patron. And so... Um, yes, it's in my link tree. And so, man, you guys have already responded. Thank you so much. I know I've seen a few names. I don't want to say any names and leave any other names out, but, um, I, I just, guys, it means a lot to us. Now I will also say this, y'all, um, regardless of whether or not you support, we're doing this. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is I'm going to keep doing the read and ramp because I'm not doing it for the support. I'm doing it because I have a conviction. I, I truly do. I have a conviction to see people um, um, be equipped and to finally know what the Bible is actually saying and to finally know what what it means to walk in Christ and what it means uh, what the scripture is actually talking about and what it all means and 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 how how transformative that can be for you that's why we started this and so regardless of whether you support it, I, I would continue to do that but your support however will provide me um an opportunity to begin to expand my time into and to focus it on those particular things and to you know start working on bible studies i know some of you guys have been asking about bible studies so i said you know once we get to a certain goal i can take something out of something else out of my hand that I've been doing. And, and so as we reach certain goals of the number of patrons, once we, I think we're about, I think we're already 10% in to our first goal of having a monthly Bible study. And then once we get to our second goal, I can actually focus almost my entire time on just helping develop content, doing Bible studies, doing even live sessions with my patrons, um, with the patrons, doing live sessions on on scripture and and doing a little bit of a deeper teaching on the scripture because what we do in the read and rant isn't really a teaching of scripture but more reflection of scripture even though there's some teaching involved in that as well and so guys we're already moving in that direction and we're moving towards that and i'm i'm encouraged i I would have never and let me say that before we even get started with prayer i would have never expected um to to see this kind of response with people who say i just want I just want to learn scripture and I want someone to help shepherd me and guide me and disciple me into reading the Bible. And so that's powerful. That's powerful. I, I you know, to see that we're at 12,000 downloads on the podcast, like guys, that's, that's incredible. 12,000 downloads. We have people from all around the world. I'm looking at the heat map and I've got people in Australia and Africa. We have people in, um, in Europe. Uh, we have people on almost every continent other than Antarctica who, have now you know who are now subscribed to the podcast and who are um getting all that all that will be available to you i'm not stopping that rhythm every monday every wednesday and every friday you're going to continue you're going to continue to um um get that though those those episodes that's not going to stop but but for those who are, who are becoming patrons who are supporting um i'm the rhythm i'm going to be engaging in uh, not next week, but the week after is as patrons, 
the the lives, the reading and rants that we do right here, they're going to be available to you the same day. So you're going to be able to go on Patreon and you're going to be able to get all that content the same day. And I'll also be um, scheduling Bible studies. And so it'll all be available on Patreon um, there because I think there we're really starting to establish a core family, a core uh, group of people who want to really commit their time, their energy and their effort to truly learning the scripture. So guys, thank you for investing in what we're doing. And thank you, Amanda. I'm so glad you've been praying for us for that because that's something we've been praying for as well. We just been praying about where God's going to take us next and what God's doing next. And I just, I, I was profoundly discouraged and I'll share more about that, but I was, I was dealing with about, about half a day of discouragement, um, half a day of discouragement on Saturday. And then the Lord got me back together and he put me back together and he said, don't be discouraged. Um, that he will provide. And that's what, what we're praying for. And I believe that for many of you, you guys are going to be an answer to a prayer for us. Your $10 a month giving and donation will be an answer to prayer for us. And so um, it was inspired by the Lord who said, Isaac, this is what you're going to do next. And so I'm I'm doing it <laughs> and I'm going into it. So anyway, we're I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but I just want to spend at least a few moments because that's why we're here. We're here to to read scripture. Um and that's our purpose. That's the purpose of our time. And so, let's go ahead and let's go and turn to 2nd Samuel, guys. We are in 2nd Samuel. We have finally made it through the book of Samuel. Uh we're in 2nd Samuel and we're going to read from the first chapter. And remember what we're asking for. We're we're asking for three questions. Thank you so much Teresa. Thank you so much. I'm so encouraged by by you. Truly, I'm so encouraged by you. Um Adrian, I'm so so encouraged by by you. You guys uh as much as you say that I'm a blessing to you, you guys are a blessing to me. Um it just means so much. It really does. I I don't have words to express how much um i love what we're doing here how much i love each and every one of you and i want to see uh, god move through you and so um it's just something that I, that just i'm so passionate about and um so I, yes thank you so much for the encouragement love you very very much and yeah the link is in the bio so if you if you'd like to become a patron the link is in the bio if you'd like to just give a one-time support as well we're going to be provide other ways to do that but the link is also in the bio as well but i'd encourage you um right now we're just praying for to god for patrons people who would just support us with a ten dollar uh donation every month a ten dollar giving every month so anyway um let's get started uh, because i believe that the lord has something for us today and so let's get started um we have nothing planned we're just going to hear what the lord has to say to us today so the prayer is going to be god what are you revealing concerning yourself God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question we're going to ask is is Lord, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? Let's do it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity Lord that we can come before you, come before your presence. Lord, that we can hear from you, Lord God, what a privilege it is that you've allowed us the opportunity to hear from you. So Father, speak to us today. Speak to us in our time here. Speak to us as we engage in your scriptures. Speak to us 
Lord, as we seek understanding and wisdom and insight. Father, do not allow us, Lord, to superimpose our mind and our heart and our predilections, but Lord, allow us, Lord, to hear from you. Do not, Lord, allow us to fall into the temptation of projecting ourselves onto your scripture, but Lord, allow your scripture to transform us, Lord God. Convict us today, Lord, instruct us today, uh, empower us today as we read your word. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Second uh, Samuel chapter one, I will read, uh, probably read maybe one or two chapters, maybe three. We'll see what time affords us. And, uh, and we'll spend some time in reflection. And then I have a few more things I want to share with you all, just sharing my story and my heart with you guys. And so hope you can hang hang, hang with me for that. Um, first Samuel, sorry, second Samuel chapter one. And it says this, now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, and David had stayed two days in Ziklag. On the third day, behold, it happened that a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell to the ground and prostrated himself. And David said to him, where have you come from? So he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. Then David said to him, how did the matter go? Please tell me. And he answered, the people have fled from the battle. Many of the people have, are fallen and dead. And Saul and Jonathan are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, how do you know that Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead? And the young man told them, as it happened by chance to be at Mount Gilboa, there was Saul leaning on a spear and indeed the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him now when he looked behind him he saw me and called to me and answered and i answered here i am and he said to me who are you so i answered him i am an amalekite he said to me again please stand over here and kill me for anguish has come upon me but my life still remains in me so i stood over and killed him because I was sure that he could not live after he had fallen. And I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm, and I brought them here to my Lord. Therefore, David took hold of his own clothes and he tore them. And so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Then David said to the young man who told me, who, where are you from? And he answered, I am the son of an alien, an Amalekite. So David said to him, how was it you were not afraid to put forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, go near and execute him. And he struck him so that he died. So David said to him, your blood is on your own head, for your mouth was testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. Then David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son, and told them to teach the children of Israel the song of the bow. And indeed, it is written in the book of Jasher. The beauty of Israel is slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew nor rain upon you, 
nor fields of offerings, for the shield of the mighty is cast away there, the shield of Saul, not the anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, the sword of Saul did not return empty. Saul and Jonathan were beloved and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than angels. They were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of battle. Jonathan was slain in your high places. I am distressed for you, Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was wonderful, surpassing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. Second Samuel chapter 2. It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, Where shall I go up? And he said to Hebron. So David went up there and his two wives also, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow, of, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David brought up the men who were with him, every man with his household. So they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, and they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, The men of Jabesh-Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. So David sent the messengers of the men to Jabesh-Gilead, and said to them, you are blessed of the Lord, for you have known, for you have shown this kindness to your Lord, to Saul, and have buried him. And now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. I will also repay you this kindness because you have done this thing. Now, therefore, let your hands be strengthened and be valiant for your master Saul is dead. Also, the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Ishbosheth was made king of Israel in this part. In verse 8, Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahinaim and made him king over Gilead, over the Asherites, over Jezreel, over Ephraim, over Benjamin, and over all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he began to reign over Israel. And he reigned two years. Only the house of Judah followed David. And the time was that King David was king over Hebron, over the house of Judah. And it was seven years and six months. Now Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out to Mahaniam, Mahanaim, sorry, to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and the servants of David, Whoops. Hold on one second. It says the live video ended, so I'm going to start it up again. Now the three sons of Zeruiah were there, Joab and Abishai and Asael. And Asael was on fleet of the foot as, as a wild gazelle. And Asael pursued Abner, and in going, he did not turned to the right hand or to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Are you a sile? And he said, I am. And Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand 
or to your left, and lay hold of one of the young men and take his armor for yourself. But Asiah will not turn aside from following him. So Abner said again to Asiah, turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I face your brother Joab? However, he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with a blunt end of a spear so that the spear came out of his back and he fell down there and died on the spot. And it was that as many as came to the place where Asael fell down and died stood still. Joab and Abishai also pursued Abner and the sun was going down and they came near the hill of Ammah, which is before Gia by the road of the wilderness of Gibeon. Now the children of Benjamin gathered together behind Abner and became a unit and took their stand on top of a hill. Then Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that it will be bitter in the latter end? How long will it be until you tell the people to return from pursuing the brethren? See something real quick here, guys. Making sure I get IG going here. Verse 27. Sorry, it was just IG got frozen, so I wanted to make sure I had that rolling. Um, verse 27. And Joab said, as God lives, unless you had spoken, surely then by morning, all the people would have given up pursuing their brethren. So Joab blew the trumpet and all the people stood still and did not pursue Israel anymore, nor did they fight anymore. Then Abner and his men went on all that night through the plain, crossed over the Jordan and went through all of Bithron. And they came to Mahanaim. So Joab returned from pursuing Abner. And when he had gathered all the people together, there were missing of David's servants, 19 men and a sile. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin and Abner's men, 360 men who died. Then they took up, they took up a sile and buried him in his father's tomb, which is, or sorry, which was in Bethlehem. And Joab and his men went all night and they came to Hebron at daybreak. Um, one of the things that, uh, I'd like you all to notice, sorry guys, I don't know why it cut us off, but I'm glad that we're back again. Um, we're just going to read these two chapters and these two chapters are essentially an introduction into the book. Uh, but one thing I want you guys to pay very, very close attention as you read, because that's what we're doing here. We're reading and we're meditating, but one of the things I want you to do as you're paying very close attention to the the text is is you ought to read the book of Samuel. These are two parts to one book. So it's 2 Samuel 1 and 2 Samuel um, 2. And so, uh, sorry, 2 Samuel 1 is connected to 1 Samuel uh, 31. I don't know what's going on in my brain today. And so there's a connection between the two. And so the, these two, uh, uh, the, the, basically, it's the next chapter is a continuation. Also, another thing that's important for you to understand and to know as you read Scripture is the codification of Scripture came centuries later. 
And what I mean by codification is uh, we separated these verses, um, you know, the chapters and the verses hundreds of years later. When Samuel was read by the Israelites, Samuel was read as it, w- it would be a scroll that they would open up and they'd roll out the scroll and they would just read it and it's in, in continuity. They wouldn't read it from verse to verse. It wouldn't be split up the way that we have it split up. It would be written more as a narrative, as a story. It's like how you would read any storybook, right? I think one of the, and, and I understand why we split the Bible up into verses, but one of the uh, travesties of scripture is the actual codification of scripture. Because it does something to our mind and it does something to our heart when we read the Bible from chapter to chapter to chapter, not realizing that each one is a book. Each one is a book. Um, And when you start stratifying every sentence in the book of every two sentences in the book, it starts splitting the book to make you think the book is somehow a book of rules. Right? Um, Something in my beard. Well, maybe it's just this. It's <laughs> probably what it is right there. Um, and so, and so, it, it, the stratification of the scriptures takes away from the whole purpose of the scripture in many ways. It takes away from the richness of the scripture. It takes away from um, what, how the scripture was meant to be read. Right when you, when you, uh, when you read, let's say Harry Potter or. You know, you're reading the Chronicles of Narnia, right? You, you read the Chronicles of Narnia, but you don't see that book written in, you know, from verse to verse to verse to verse to verse, right? You don't see it that way because you don't see it that way. You don't read it that way either, right? You, you don't read it that way either. You read it as just a story, right? And so you're not so focused. Imagine, just, 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 just to throw that out there, just for, for your thought process. Imagine, um, Oh yeah. No, wait, hold on. What is that? Nope. It's just, it's just a gray hair. (laughs) I have these random like gray hairs now that are popping up. It's horrible. Uh, but yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, and so, and so the, the stratification of the scripture aligns our heart to look at the scripture as if it is some sort of rule book or some sort of law book, some sort of book that's intended to be memorized. Imagine, just think about this, right? If you, if you were to, you know, open up, you know, Harry Potter, I'm just going to use Harry Potter as, as an example. And every sentence had a number next to it then what would happen is, is you would start trying to memorize that sentence and then that sentence and then that sentence. And then you would start referring to parts of Harry Potter, the book in Harry Potter as that verse and that verse and, and this verse and that verse. And then in doing that, then we would start comparing the verse in chapter eight in the Harry Potter book to this verse in chapter three in the Harry Potter book. And then we would start 
organizing this set of verses and that set of verses. And then we would start creating doctrines and doctrines. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, people will start creating denominations of what Harry Potter is about. And we would start creating different groups about what Harry Potter, one group would say, well, Harry Potter is about this. And then they would have all their verses to support why Harry Potter is about this. And then you'd have this group that would say, Harry Potter is, no, it's about this because look at these verses about what Harry Potter is about. And all of a sudden you would have these denominations of people who would all argue and disagree with each other about what Harry Potter was about when the author would look back and be profoundly disappointed by everyone because of the fact that Harry Potter was probably about something much greater and much more. The same way that that, ha that can happen to a book like Harry Potter, it often happens to the scripture. It, often, ha it often, ha often happens to the Bible because the Bible was not initially written verse to verse to verse to verse. Um, the Bible was actually written just as a sentence, as a paragraph, as a story. And so that's why I make the attempt not to um, you know, not to, you know, break down, you know, different verses and different texts and without at least having an understanding of the grand narrative of the big picture of what the scripture is about. And so that's what we've been doing. When we read through Genesis, we're reading through that large portion of scripture. When we read through Exodus, we're reading through that large portion of scripture. When we read through Leviticus, we're reading through that large portion of scripture. When we're reading through De Deuteronomy, we're reading through that large portion of scripture. When we're reading, we're reading through those larger portions of scripture because we're not here to um, disintegrate the text. We're here to keep the text integrated. The word disintegrate is literally to pull it apart. And yet that's what many people do is they pull apart the scripture. They tear it apart. For what sake? For the sake of influencing and instituting their own ideology or their own political philosophy. How often is it that we have people who take the Bible and they use whatever verses are expedient to them to be able to do or to, uh, to craft out a theology that informs a worldview, not a worldview that is transformed by the biblical story. Like all pastors do. <laughs> no, not like all pastors. Like many pastors do. I just saw somebody's like, like how like the pastors do not just like how the pastors do, how Christians do. It's not just about the pastors. Christians have a way of parsing through scripture, which is why I tend. And I say this often, I tend to shy away from people who come to me saying, can you go look at this verse and can you go look at that verse? And what about this verse? And what about that verse? Because that's not what you would have done with Harry Potter. If you read Harry Potter and I started telling you about what chapter three in Harry Potter was about, you wouldn't quickly go, oh, but, but, but what about, what about, what about, what about this verse in Harry Potter? Can you tell me about that verse in Harry Potter? 
Can you explain that verse in Harry Potter? And what about that one? But no, but this one seems to be conflicting with that one. How does this verse in Harry Potter conflict with that verse in Harry Potter? How is it that this place, Harry is okay with, 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 with Hermione on this particular thing, but in this place, Harry Potter is permitting this thing with Hermione. <laughs> How is it that it's okay to, 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 to you know, that it, that, that it was permitted in this part of the chapter, but it's not permitted in that chapter? What's going on? Because you've been looking at it like it's a book of rules and you're missing out on the grand story. <laughs> you're missing out on the story, you're missing out on the context, and you're missing out on what it's about. I know I'm using Harry Potter as an example here, but if you've read Harry Potter, um, or you've watched the movies, you can at least give an understanding of what Harry Potter is about. You have a, you have an understanding of what Harry's, Harry Potter is about. Maybe you don't understand all the minutiae. You don't have all the, the dialogues memorized. And maybe you don't understand all the things that are happening. Maybe you don't remember all the things that are happening. But everybody comes to an agreement about what the story of Harry Potter is about. No one disagrees on what the story is about. And yes, we're going to have debates. That's what we do in literature class. You know, and that's what we do in all these things. And so we, we talk about these things and I'm just using Harry Potter. I'm not saying I'm in support of Harry Potter. I'm not support. I just, I know it's a popular book and many people know the book and I'm using that as an example. If you'd like to use the Chronicles of Narnia, the same thing is true in that case, right? That we know what the story is about. And because we know what the story is about, we don't sit and bicker and fight over the minutia of it all. Why am I giving this rant? Why does this matter? What are you pointing out today? I'm going to point out a lot of things in the book of Samuel, but I'm going to point out something that may bother some people. <sighs> so here we go. First Samuel chapter one. If you read it very carefully, something should have caught your attention. And this almost feels like a Bible study, but I'm going to explain to you where I, where I want this to go. Okay. In first Samuel chapter one, actually, no, sorry. In first Samuel chapter two, sorry, first Samuel chapter one. I apologize guys. I want you to pay attention to verse 17 and 18. David is lamenting over the death of. Saul, who he considered very much so his, his father, and Jonathan, who he considers a brother. And they've died now. They've perished in battle. And David writes a song of lament, what we call now the song of the bow. And the scriptures reference a book that the song of the bow originates from, puts it into the Bible. In Second Samuel, sorry. Second Samuel, first chapter one. And look at verse 18. And he told them, it's what David told them. He told them this song of lamentation, the song of lament for my father, Saul and my brother, John 
should be told and taught to the children of Judah. Indeed, it is written in the book of Jasher. Now, for those who are who you know, textual scholars would go, oh, there's another book. The book of Jasher? Oh no. Where's the book of Jasher? I don't see it in the Bible. Where's Jasher? I don't see Jasher. Oh no. Oh no. There's there's information missing. Uh oh. Wait. I'm going through my list of books and, and Jasher's not on there. There's missing books. <laughs> there's missing books in the Bible. So this Bible is broken. It's 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 not enough. This this Bible doesn't it doesn't have everything. Where is ja where is it? I, I I don't see Jasher. Oh, somebody's hiding something from me. Somebody's hiding. No, there's yeah, somebody's Whoa. What else is the Bible hiding from me? What else is not being told to me? Because Jasher, because if the scripture brings reference to Jasher, then is Jasher important? Jasher should be important. Should it not? <laughs> I'm sorry if I sound sarcastic. But it's happened. For those of us who are textual readers, it's happened to us, okay? This is not going to be the only time. I've read it a few times. As a matter of fact, we'll re we've read the New Testament where the Bible brings reference to other books and other texts that are not in the Bible. So the question then is, is well, are those books divine? Is that God's word? Is that, is that God's word? Is that scripture? I just felt I had to introduce this and to speak on this today because we, when we, when we've looked at the scripture in a codified way and we begin to look at it as a book of rules that gives us information about who we are and how we ought to live and what we ought to do and and, and all the things that we're supposed to be or become and all the things we're supposed to, uh, 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 uh you know, to, to attain and, and to earn and to, and, and so now there's, there's, there's other letters. And then all of a sudden we start going, there's other letters, there's other books, there's other things, there's things we don't know, the things they're not telling us, everything hasn't been said. Well, of course, the things that they're not telling you, of course, there are things that are not here that are out there. The Bible does not have everything. Anybody who teaches that to you, any leader, any minister, anybody who teaches you that the Bible has everything, it's not telling you the truth. The Bible does not have everything. Okay. I don't see calculus in the Bible. I don't see physics in the Bible. So no, the Bible does not have all knowledge. The Bible does not have all information. The Bible does not have everything. There are other books out there. And yes, we, you know, we, the, the lost letters of Paul and there's the Apocrypha and there's all these other books. And then people, sometimes they go, oh, oh, 
So then what should I be reading? Can I just pastor you today? That's all I'm here for. And I know we're going to be learning so much about 2 Samuel as we journey through it, but I felt like I needed to stop right there and just boom, it stopped me right there and said, no, no, no Isaac, you're going, to, you're going to have to work that. Because there's a textual scholar who's reading this right now and you're going, Book of Jasher, there's books missing. There's books we don't know. We need to go find them. We need to go find them because if we don't have them, then we don't have all the information. If we don't have all the information, then we can't know how to live, what to do. And so you get into this you go down this rabbit hole. I've done it. The first question that you have to ask is, is it a lack of information or is it the posture of your heart? Why are you even reading this Bible? That's the first question. Because if you're reading this Bible as an instruction on how to be the best person you can be and live the best life that you can live and encounter the best thing that you encounter and do the best things that you can do and attain the highest level of self that you can attain and do all these things that, you know, that spirituality tells you about. Discover yourself, you know, express yourself, find out who you are, be the best person you can be, um, you know, encounter and and actualize your highest version of self and to do all of that. If that's why you read the scriptures, then you are reading the wrong books. This book was not meant for you to become a better version of yourself, to become a higher version of yourself, to discover yourself. And so when you posture yourself that way, you see something like the book of Jasher. Oh no, there's other books out there. We're missing information. They're hiding someone, something from us. Some people want enlightenment and they want revelation and all this information and all this. And so we go and we, we go, okay, the Bible has everything I need to know to be the best version of me that I can be. This was not about you. Let me repeat that one more time. The Bible, the scriptures was not written with you, making you the center of all of it. There's some people right now that are wrestling with the fact that there are scrolls out there. There's the Apocrypha. Which books do I read? Which ones do I not read? Then let's back up for a moment and let's find out for a moment what the purpose of the scriptures are. What's the purpose of the Bible? Why has it been written this way? If you can, just I'm, I know I'm going. I just felt like I needed to go there, and I need to remind you. Um, uh, go to John. Uh, sorry, go to Romans real quick, because there are people who want scripture and want information. And I know we. I posted something about people who just seek after information, information, give me more scripture, more scripture, more information, more insight, not realizing the purpose of the scripture was not meant to fatten your brain. That wasn't the purpose of scripture. Go to John chapter five. Sorry, Jesus. I said Romans. John chapter five. I'm sorry. We want to take Jesus's words. Can we ask Jesus what the purpose of the scripture is for? And if you want to highlight this, because this is going to be important for all of you who are 
journeying through this read and rant and reading all this scripture. Verse 39, John chapter 5, verse 39, it says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Let me stop there. These are in red letters, y'all. Okay. So maybe, I don't know which version of the Bible you're reading, but my version, whenever Jesus speaks, it's written in red letters. This is in red letters, y'all. Jesus is saying this. In first, no, in John chapter five. Sorry, not first John. In John chapter five, verse 39, Jesus says with his own words, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. How many of us think that? How many of us think that eternal life is actually in this scripture? How many, I'm reading from the New King James Version. How many of you believe that eternal life is in the Bible that you read. <laughs> he says, you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. Again, he's talking to the Pharisees and the Pharisees have been reading and they know, they know the Torah. They know the Pentateuch. They know the prophets. They they've read all these books and they know them very well. They have them memorized. And Jesus is saying, you think eternal life is in that. But what does he respond to them? He says, but these are they which testify of me. It is the witness of the scripture that testifies of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the purpose of the scripture is to be a witness to Jesus Christ. So therefore, the Bible has been organized in a way to reveal to us the king that is to come, who was and is and is to come. I say that to you because some people go, well, what about the book of Jasher? Why don't we read the book of Jasher? If it isn't testifying of Jesus and pointing to Jesus, it has no place and no purpose in the scripture. The purpose of all the scripture was to testify of Jesus Christ. Is there other information? Yes. Is there other knowledge? Yes. But to know God, to know God is to know Jesus. And you can know God through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He says, no one comes to the Father but by me. Therefore, it's through Jesus. So the scriptures were the purpose of the scripture was not to give us all spiritual information. The purpose of the scripture was to point to the one that would connect us to God. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And because we have access to the Father through Jesus Christ, the scriptures bring us to Christ.
That is the purpose and the intent of the scripture. So for the books that are missing, they can go missing because what's the purpose of having all this information if it doesn't point you to Christ? So for those people who go, well, you know, the Bible's missing books. You know, there's books that the Bible doesn't have. There are books that the Bible that, that aren't in the Bible. So why is it that you read the Bible? We read the Bible because the Bible points us to Jesus. We read the Bible because the Bible was uniquely crafted to give revelation to Jesus Christ, where, where through Jesus, we have now access to the Father. Eternal life is not in the scripture. Eternal life is in Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And so I get it through him. Does that make sense, family? I say that to you because you're going to start seeing this even throughout the Old Testament references to other spiritual texts. It's not to say that there are any other spiritual texts. And that's it's not to say that you're right or wrong for reading them. You're, you're, the issue is, is why are you reading them? Why do you want this information? Why do you want this knowledge? Is it to get a better understanding of Christ or is it for you to better understand yourself? Because if you're looking for the glory of yourself, that is the root at which all sin comes from and everything that is broken comes from. We call that demonic wisdom. And so, yes, it's okay. Scholars can, and it's not to discount scholars who go and they read the book of Jasher. But the book of Jasher doesn't take precedence over the divine story, story of Jesus Christ. When you understand that the purpose of scripture is to know Christ, Salvation is knowing Christ. And the purpose of the scripture is to connect with God through Jesus Christ, understanding him as the way to God, the way in which we see the world, the lens by which we live out this life in Jesus Christ. When you begin to understand the scripture that way, then you stop reading it like it's a book of rules. You stop reading it like it's a yeah, the book of Thomas, the book of Judas, there's the book of Mary. They're like, oh my gosh, there's other books. And these books are being hidden from us. I'll say something else that may sound somewhat controversial. The Bible is sufficient. And when I say the Bible is sufficient, I'm saying it's just enough. It's good enough. <laughs> It's good enough, guys. It's good enough. You don't need horoscope. It's good enough. The Bible is good enough to know Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's all we should desire is to know him. It's good enough. Well, what about, what about, you know, astrology and, and, and I mean, people will say that this stuff works. It might, <laughs> but what's the point? And we talked about this yesterday. I'm going to bring it back up again because this is so critical. This is so important. Why? What's the point of going to a psychic to learn about something you can discover about yourself? And what's the point? of going to any kind of spiritist, any kind of tarot card reading, any kind of, what's the point of going into all that, getting all this spirituality, and in the end, you don't know God? What's the point of knowing spirituality and knowing all these things and, and knowing about planetary motion and how it's influenced? Who makes the planets move? 
Oh yeah, it's true that a lot of those things are worked out, that the forces of nature and the way they work and the way the planets move, that there's an intelligence, a spirit behind it. Absolutely there is. Absolutely there. Here's the problem. We're studying the creation and not studying the creator. I'm sorry. I'm going out of character today. I'm going out of character today. But when people go and they say, well, the, the planetary motion and the, and the position of the stars do speak, it absolutely does. Of course it speaks. Who's the one that causes the planets to move? Hold on. Hebrews. I'm sorry. I'm just going to bounce around for a minute. I don't usually do this. But Hebrews says this. God, who at various times, first chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews 1, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. What did he do? He spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken, so he's still speaking, to us by his son, who he has appointed heir over all things. Who's that? Jesus Christ. Through whom also he made the worlds, meaning he made the worlds through who? Jesus Christ. Huh. Who being the brightness of his glory, who? Jesus. And the express image of his person, who? Is the express image of his person? Jesus. And upholding all things, who? Jesus by the word of his power upholding all things upholding all things some translations say upholding the universe upholding the universe upholding the the word of god his word is what holds planets together his word is what enacts the motions of the universe his word, his word, his word. So when the stars are shifting, yes, God is speaking, but you've been studying the stars, but you have not been seeking God. And so in the end, you want to be just like Saul. You want to get the word from the medium. But in the end, you do not want to know God. Some people go, it works. It works. To what end does it work? What? To inform you? Because it worked for Saul. <laughs> go back again. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. It worked for Saul. Did it not? I just, I, I, I say, I have to say this. It works. Yes, it worked. It worked for Saul. Saul went to a medium. That's how, that's how first Samuel ends. He went to a medium to get information and to do a seance and to 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 conjure up the spirit of Samuel it worked it worked it actually worked it worked and and the medium told him something that was true it actually worked y'all <laughs> you say it doesn't work it doesn't work no 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 it actually does it worked but let's see what happened to the guy that it worked for. Hold on. We just read it. Let's see. Hold on a second. Second Samuel chapter one for the man that it worked for. How did it end for him? He was found by an Amalekite. 
hanging on his spear. Slowly dying, he committed, he unsuccessfully committed suicide. He was on, sorry, on his sword. He was on, he's sitting on it. Just imagine walking by and seeing a man slowly dying. Slowly dying. Was killed, who tried to kill himself, and yet now, what a horrible end to a man who was chosen by God. What a horrible end to Saul. What a horrible end. This man couldn't even kill himself right. And now he's dying slowly, and he turns around and he looks and he sees the Amalekite, and he tells the Amalekite, just, just, just get rid of me. Just, just kill me. Just, just kill me. Please finish it off. I cannot suffer for the next few hours. Just finish me off. That's what we just read. Is that not? I'm, I'm making sure that you guys are reading what I'm reading here. He said, just finish me off. It worked for him. It worked for him. He went to the medium. He got the spiritual information that he needed. But now we find him here dying on a spear that he's leaning on. He tried to kill himself and now he's watching. Imagine, I want to paint this picture because um, I want everybody to understand just the depth of Saul's demise. Imagine you have a spear. You're bleeding to death. The spear has gone through your body. It may have actually partially gone out your back. And you're hanging on this spear. Imagine you're hanging on this spear. And you didn't even get the privilege to die right away. You've been awake for hours. And imagine hanging on that spear, knowing your death is coming and knowing you have not heard from God. Not only that, but on the hill that you are hanging on, this spear, you're watching all your soldiers die. Imagine you're dying, but the insult of the enemy was that you wouldn't die right away, but now you get to watch your sons die. You're watching your two sons die. You're watching Jonathan, who was supposed to be your replacement, die. And now you've got nothing left, and you know that there's no one in your posterity who can continue the kingdom. And finally, you see one of your enemies walk by you and you say to him, please do me a favor, finish me off. It worked. It worked. Saul went to a psychic. Psychic told him how it would end.
and it ended because the psychic cannot change the trajectory of his life. Ah, but Jesus can. Saul would not repent of his sin. And so Saul would fall into his total demise. And so for many of us, we would prefer to have more information and knowledge than to know Jesus. And that's the conviction today. There's a lot of information out there. But what is the purpose of this word? It's not to prove yourself right. It's not to have some kind of doctrinal position on X, Y, and Z. It's actually to know Christ. Know the work that he's done. Know what he's accomplished. And know what he's completed. Thank you, guys. I know I've been ranting. And I know that... uh, you know, that you guys have been hanging with me. I just want to quickly share this. Um, and I shared this with a few of you. Um, and so before I close with prayer, I want to say, first of all, um, you guys have encouraged me in ways that I cannot fully articulate. Let me say that first. Um, I've been encouraged by, um, your words, by your comments, by the things that you share and post reshares, repost. I mean, just the things that people have said. Um, it's, it's so it's, it's a different thing for me and I'm learning how to just navigate through this new season in my life where, you know, I'll go to a store and people will just come up to me and say, I've been blessed by your ministry. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like people actually recognize me. This is kind of odd. Uh, but, but it's always people just sharing and coming to me and coming up to me and just simply saying, you know, Hey, listen, I don't know if you're a pastor or not, cause nobody knows whether I'm a pastor or not. <laughs> uh, I am a pastor, but people have said, I've just been blessed. And I don't, I, you know, I, I have no words to fully express. I want to say, I want to say this, your testimony of how God has used this time that we've done together means everything to me. It's, it's what gets me up every morning, what gets me to come here and spend my time here doing the reading rant with you all. I won't, I won't stop doing this until you guys tell me this is not, this is not of value to you anymore. I will continue to share and read with you and journey with you because at the core, what I care most about is to see each and every one of you discover who you are in Christ and the work that Christ is doing in your life. And what I believe is that through this, we would, we would have birthing a new generation of people in the church that won't be so focused on simply getting a bunch of sermons and, but to actually know what they're called to and know the power of God that is in them and what they're able to accomplish through Jesus Christ. And in doing so, they become empowered to be the ministers of the gospel. Um, um, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 says, and he calls somebody to be prophets, apostles, pastors, preachers, and teachers. Oh no, evangelists and teachers for what sake? He calls them for the sake of equipping the saints. My job is to equip you to be the minister. 
and you're going to be a minister wherever you are. If you're in the newsroom, if you're in the fashion industry, if you are in the arts, if you are in, 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 you know, uh, in the hospital, if you're working in the health field, if you're working in the education field, if you're working in the business field, if you're working in the political sphere, wherever you are, God wants to use you to bring Jesus wherever you are. So you should not feel like you need to leave ministry to do, you need to leave your work to do ministry. I truly believe in empowering you to know that the power of God, the spirit of God can fill you and use you right where you are and right where you go. The church wasn't meant to come into a building. The church was meant to seep into every crack crevice of society. And so for me, that's been my passion is to empower people because once you know who Jesus is, and once you have an understanding and have read the word and know what the Bible is about and what it's for and what it's intended for, it empowers you in a way that allows you now to move with confidence. So for me, that's my passion. That's my desire. Um, I, you know, people have said this, I, people, you know, people say, man, you, you have the gifting to have a huge platform and to have a big church and my wife knows my heart. I'm not interested in a big platform, in a big stage, having a big church. I'm actually not interested in that. I'm interested in staying as small as possible and in sending many people out. I want to father people. I want to father people, send people out so that they can share with others what I have learned. So I say that to you all to say that my passion and desire is to empower you. And you guys have shown how critical and important this time that we spent together. And that's my passion. I won't stop. It's why I'm here. It's what I said yes to God for. It's what my wife and I said yes to God for, and we will continue to do that. Um, and at the same time, as we've done that, I kid you not, a lot of time, energy, and effort has been invested um, in doing this. Coming here every morning, spending time, nothing brings me more joy, but it does take from so many other things. And so last, uh, last semester, if anybody knows, I'm, I've been a professor for 14 years. Um, I started teaching at the University of Miami, economics at the University of Miami at the age of 21. Um, and I've been there forever teaching. Um, no, actually I did 11 years at the University of Miami. And then I did an additional five, now six years at Florida International University. So I've taught there. Um, last semester, I took the semester off. I had to because I I needed bandwidth for my family, needed bandwidth for um, you know my marriage and for the ministry that God is giving us as we're still ideating and as we're still planning and as we're still strategizing. So I'm saying all of this to say to you all, um, we I I had a, I had a moment of discouragement. Um, and I'm saying this to you because I want to share it with you guys. I want you to bring you guys. You guys are family to me. I want to first say that, that you guys are family to me. So, you know, I, I'm okay with sharing days when I'm down. Okay. I'm not good all the time. <laughs> you know, the love of Jesus is on me, but I'm not good all the time. I have good days. I have bad days. No, I do not know Brian McCain. Um, but I, I have, I have, I've, you know, I've, I've seen it all. Um, and I had a bad day on Saturday. Uh, Saturday was a very, very difficult day for me because I sat down and, you know, obviously f financially, I can't just not work. Okay. I just don't, I can't afford that. I can't afford to just not work. And so while I took the semester off, I began to look at all the other opportunities. I've been given opportunities to chair some departments in theology. Very weird, right? That I would be given opportunities to chair in departments in, in, in theology or in ministry. And yet, 
You know, it's just it's just interesting how God can use me in that way, even though I don't have a seminary degree. But it's just so interesting how God can can use me in that way. And it's really cool to see how God has been working through that. Um, but but here I am and I find myself with opportunities to to share and opportunities to um, to teach again and and maybe go back to the University of Miami and to teach or to go back to Florida Atlantic and to take on a full time position or even a part time position and so I, I you know I was exploring all my options and then I sat down and this is and I'm sharing this with you all because it was a moment of discouragement for me I sat down and I just wrote down the hours that I have available to me I. Uh, I counted my 168 hours. Then I counted my 50 hours for work and my 50 hours for family. And then I counted whatever time that I use in my time for work and the things that I've already committed to in just pastoring my family and being home and being present with my family. And then after I finished doing all that, I looked at how many hours I had left in the week and it was five. I had five hours allotted for me to effectively teach and preach and plan and to do what we do here on on the Read and Rant and everything else. I had five hours. And all of a sudden, this incredible discouragement took over me because I said, well, I need to continue to support my family. But at the same time, if I do that and get a job, it's going to come at a cost. It's either going to cost me ministry or it's going to cost me family. Neither one of them I'm willing to compromise. If anything, I'll compromise ministry before I compromise family. And that's what was, what's happened over the past year is as I've been really devoting my time to consecrate my family, I just, I've had less and less time at home. And, and I said, no, Lord, you're going to have to do something here. You're going to have to do something here for me. And, and so I, I was very, very discouraged. I was sitting at Starbucks, super discouraged. I said, oh my gosh something's got to give. And then the Lord just gave, he encouraged me, showered me in that moment. And he gave me and just embrace in that moment. And he said to me, Isaac, continue to press on. I got you. And I said, okay. So I text my wife and I told her and I shared with her where I was and where we are and, and what I can and cannot commit to. And, and we just said, we're going to pray that the Lord will provide, provide for us. And then two days ago, the Lord had inspired me with Patreon. It wasn't something that, I mean, I'd heard about Patreon, I knew about Patreon, but the Lord inspired me. And what the Lord revealed to me is, is that there are people who this ministry has blessed that want to reciprocate, that there are people who this ministry has blessed that want to bless the ministry and give and support it and be a part of what the Lord is doing through this ministry. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start it. And so I started it. And I know some of you even said that you've been praying. Then people messaged me saying, I don't know why, but the Lord's leading me to pray for you for financial stability and financial blessing. And I said, please do that because we're in a two bedroom apartment right now. And I just had a baby girl and we need to get out and I need to make this happen. And, and, and so anyway, um, the Lord has inspired me to start this. My wife knows asking has been one of the most difficult things for me to do. Uh, but I just believe that there are people who, who want to support, who want to support what we're doing, who want to make this a reality. 
And so that's why I'm here. And, and, and that's why I'm making out this request and I'm shouting it out to each and every one of you. Um, I just believe that the Lord is going to provide through those who will be gospel patrons, who will be patrons to our ministry with through Patreon. You have the ability to support with a $10 a month donation. And once you become a patron, it's $10 a month. And in becoming a patron, you're going to have real-time access to my content, but it's more than that. It's really about what we're doing here and making sure that the Word of God continues to propagate moving forward, to be sure that I can devote my time in a healthy way to minister to you and to provide even more content and more material. I want to spend time doing Bible study. I want to spend time um, um, teaching Scripture to you all. We don't really get to do that in so much detail, but I want to spend that time. I want to be able to do video uh, podcasting content and things of that nature. And I believe that it's those who will support the ministry, Opus Freer, those who will support the ministry um, will make it possible. And so I consider everybody here friends. I won't ever stop doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to keep doing the reading rant. That won't stop. But I want to expand what I do. And I believe that through your support, you would allow that to happen. If you go on the link tree that's in my bio, if you go on the link in bio and you click on the link in bio, Brina and I, man, that means so much, Brina. Wow. Um, That means so much. It really does. Um, You guys are an incredible blessing. Incredible blessing. Um, if you, if you go on the link tree, the link in the bio, um, and you can also do it on the link in the bio on, um, IG as well. So both on TikTok and IG on the link tree, the first one up is become a patron. Just click that by clicking to become a patron. It's secure. Patreon is a very, very big platform. A lot of other, um, organizations like Ted and, uh, and the national wildlife, uh, foundation and some other organizations that create content as well for their members. Um, they have Patreons as well. And so I just believe that the Lord wants to um, help propagate this ministry moving forward. And we have goals. Once we get to our first goal of patrons, it allows me time to be able to um, do weekly Bible studies. And I'll start popping up even doing live prayer sessions. Maybe we can even set live uh you know, group meetings where we can come together as a group. And then uh, the next tier would allow me the opportunity to move towards weekly Bible study. Then I can really put all my focus and my time and my energy into that. And then um, the third tier is where we begin to actually build out a, you know, like a room and a studio where we can create, start creating video content and I can start writing books. And I want to devote that time as well is to write books. Everybody's been telling me, you need to write a book. You need to uh, do some Bible studies. You need to do all that. And all I can think to myself is I want to do all of that. I want to do all of that. And I really believe that, that the Lord is calling me to step into that. But I believe that I need to make the time and I need to um, give you an opportunity. And I truly believe this, that God is working with us together to make this a reality. Um, there's also, a, a, if you just want to donate one time as well, you can do that. Um, but what I'm, what I'm truly praying for is for people to become patrons and to partner 
with me and Brina, that means so much. Also, I, you know, uh, the people that are family in that partnership, um, it's a it's an easier way for me to stay connected as well. I want to say that that guys, I get your prayer requests. I get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prayer requests and messages and questions. They are nearly impossible for me. It's just impossible. I don't even check my messages on TikTok anymore. So if you're messaging me on TikTok, I'm not ignoring you. I just don't even check it anymore because I just can't. It's just, you know, I get a, a few thousand messages a day. So I just can't. Uh, but on on Patreon, uh, it allows me an opportunity to stay better connected with people because it's a smaller group. Um, and it's a group of people who are family and committed. And I really want to grow in this together with you. And also it gives me an opportunity to eventually expand the ministry in a way where there's a group of people who are coming together, who've been built up for this, who can help cultivate this community so that we can empower you and send you out. We want to see a move of God. That's, that's at the end of the day. We want to see a move of God in the world. We want to see a move of God in Africa. We want to see a move of God in, in Europe. We want to see a move of God in America. I really believe this, that even in this country that I live in, that I love so much, where we've been seeing a slow decline of the church, that there's about to be another instigation of revival, that God's about to move in a powerful way, and it's going to be different. And I believe that you have an opportunity to be a part of that as well. So anyway, that's my rant. That was like a rant after a rant. But I want to thank you all. For those of you who have already started to, who've already signed up, um, I already see names flowing in. Like you guys are signing up. Guys, thank you for being patrons. You have no idea how much that means to me. It means so much to me. Yes, even in the low-income hoods who are being fed these lies, who are being fed these black Jesus lies. Yes, Jesus was not white. Jesus was a brown man. But this black Jesus demonic lie that makes you want to glorify your race over the glory, glory of Christ, this bad, broken theology, we want to bring the gospel into those areas to see the power of God move. Guys, this is why I'm here. You can see I'm just passionate. I'm passionate to see God move. Um, and I know it's happening and I know it will and I know God's transforming the men. He's transforming our community. He's going to transform our cities. He's going to transform our world. Brennan, man, you just, you, I'm floored. I'm floored by what you said. That sacrifice, I'm praying right now that God would bless it. And I'm praying that God would bless the work of your hands. I'm really playing, praying for that. Because um, the Lord has shown me a lot about you. <laughs> I know we're family here. so. Um, but, but I do want to keep you guys in my prayers. Guys. Keep me in your prayers. And if you can't give, if you don't give, it doesn't change. If I don't get the goal, I, I just already know that God's going to provide and he's going to give me the goal. And he's, I'm going to have all the patrons that I need to be able to focus on the ministry. But whether you give or not, it's not going to change what we do here. We're going to keep doing this. I will do it whether I'm paid to do it or not. I do this because the Lord compelled me to do this and I have a desire and a passion for it. So I'll do this no matter what. The podcast is not changing, okay? You're going to get the same rhythm Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm going to put out a new, you're going to see a new episode with the new content. The only thing is that for those who are patrons, they get to get the um, the actual episode of what we've taught, like today's Read and Rant, starting next week or the week after. Starting the week after, 
the you're going to be able to get the read and rant same day through patreon and so it'll be available to you through patreon simply as a gift to say hey this is a bonus thank you for supporting and this is how i want to extend it to you as well i'm going to put some extra work in every day maybe another extra 30 minutes make sure i edit it and send it out so it's available to you all so guys god i just believe god's beginning i believe he's doing it i believe he's going to do it through you and i believe together we can change the world love you guys God bless you all. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you for these people that I can call brothers and sisters. I thank you for each and every person here who I can call family. Lord, who's journeyed with me through all of this. Some people have come from the beginning when we had maybe five or six people coming on. And now um, we have a, a whole community of people who are here. Father, I just thank you that you've brought us together in this time and that you've called each and every one of us in such a time as this, to stand out and to, Lord, carry the banner of Jesus Christ. And so uh, bless each and every person here. Bless those who are partnering in this vision as patrons. Bless those who can't right now and who are just giving me prayers and praying for me and interceding for me. Father, I just, I just thank you for them, Father, that you would bless them as well. I thank you for each and every person. Uh, and we anticipate so much more that you will do. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.